Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Bacon Warrior Podcast. On today's episode, the boys and I talked about the NBA playoffs, the Big Ten parent protest, and then we had Chris Fanini on to talk about our top five favorite rom-coms. Stay tuned. Here's Spartan Dog 97. Thanks, Spartan Dog 97. When I'm not dominating the virtual links, I'm Spartan Dog 97. I'm joined by the boys. What's going on, guys? Not much, just enjoying life. Uh, got a great episode today, so looking forward to talking with you guys. Yeah, yeah, just uh, another day in the CEO of the Xbox Bacon Wire Golf Society for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, you know, off the top, you know, this is going to be a bit of a whiplash, but, you know, because, because you know, we I, I at least feel obligated to, to bring it up. Uh, there was another... Uh, shooting by police of an unarmed black man in Kenosha, Wisconsin over the weekend. Uh, Jacob Blake, who called, who called the police to, you know, break up a, to break up an altercation, uh, went into his car and the police responded by shooting him seven times in the back. Like the officer was Joe Pesci in a Scorsese movie. Uh, it, Again, you know, I don't know how many times we have to talk about this, how many times we need to bring this up, but just just off the top, keep keep him in your prayers. Um, he he survived. Um, he, as far as we know, Jacob is paralyzed from the waist down, at least. Um, that's what his I believe his father came out today and said that. So keep an eye out. I'm sure, you know, watch out for fake GoFundMes, watch out for things like that. Make sure that when you see a GoFundMe for Jacob Blake's medical and legal expenses, that'll, that'll occur because of this. Make sure that it's organized by a member of the family and endorsed by the family. Mm. And if you're going out to continue to protest police brutality in this country, please be safe. Um, Don't bring your phone. Don't bring any identifying documentation um wear all black cover your face because of a pandemic and so you don't get photographed and you know you can be arrested later and yeah um there's not much more i have to say on that if you guys you know have anything to say before we get into the show here floor is yours yeah i think it's just like you touched on it sd i think it's unfortunate we we're here however many weeks after the George Floyd incident that we're talking about this again. Um, Once again, you get something horrific filmed on video and it doesn't even seem to impact. I mean, it impacts people, but it doesn't get, it's kind of hard to put into words. It's like almost people are numb to this at this point, which is a horrific idea. Um, I saw somebody on my timeline compared to the Emmett Till situation, how his mother had the open casket back in the sixties to kind of show the world what's happening to uh, young black men just being murdered for no reason. And nothing's really changed since then. So, I mean, that was supposed to be a visual for the world to kind of get the picture. And we, the message still hasn't been relayed properly. I mean, if you watch that video, and just be prepared, obviously, if you do watch it, 
if you watch that video, those guys weren't counting on him to survive this. And like what, three or four of them were basically following him to the door of his car with a gun to his back. And if you don't think there, that some sort of police reform is needed, whether it be tearing it down from the foundation and building it back up or reallocating funds or retraining them, if you think that this is okay, I don't know what to tell you. George Floyd was horrific and this is horrific. And I don't, when the fuck are we going to learn? Like what you brought with Emmett Till, when the fuck are we going to learn? It seems like people think it's okay to see black men get killed in the streets. Like I, I I'm at a loss of words when I saw that video. I mean, they were, they showed on the fucking news. Like that's crazy. And I, I'm just sad. And I, I think it's time to really, Kenosha is probably going to get a police reform, but it really shouldn't take a horrific incident like this to, to cause change. It shouldn't take people getting shot and killed to cause change. Yeah. And you know, it, as someone who studies history and is, you know, I, I brought this up during when we talked about George Floyd, you know, the, the history of mistreatment of black people in this country is so ingrained and is so ingrained in American society. I saw um, last night, Nikki Haley at the RNC say that America wasn't or isn't a racist country. And that's just not true. The inherent unequalness of black people was literally written into our founding documents. So I don't know how you can be so disconnected from reality that you think that America isn't, isn't inherently structurally racist. And, you know, my, it's, it's just disappointing. That's all, that's all I have to say. It's, it's completely and utterly disappointing that we, there are people who are still protesting the death of George Floyd. And now we have, and now we have this, and it's, you know, it's, it, I have a hard time believing it's going to end anytime soon. That's just, that's kind of where I'm at. And it's depressing. It is. It truly is. Um, so on a, on a bit of a, on a bit of a lighter note, this is, this is such whiplash. I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, <laughs> black lives matter, defund the police. I think that's a message that most of us can get behind. Um, Let's move on. This Big Ten parent protest is that happened over the weekend in front of Big Ten headquarters. With literally 30 people, dozens of people. Just there were dozens of us. <laughs> <laughs> just stormed the Big Ten headquarters right out of Pico de, de, Gallo, de Gallo and made their voices known. It, <laughs> there was a tweet I saw from a reporter. Um, I don't remember their name, but they said it's kind of hard to get an exclusive interview and there are more media members than actual protesters here. 
<laughs> so that's a, uh, that's unfortunate. That's a, it's a bad look on the big 10 parents part, but I wanted to get your guys's opinion on, on this. There seems to be a growing, um, I don't know how to, I don't know how to say this kind of tension between the big 10 presidents and the athletic directors about the status of football this fall. Obviously the president and chancellors, not the athletic directors voted to um, hold, to put the fall football season on hold. And the ADs at some schools weren't even notified of that decision until it was made public by the big 10. So is is this what do you guys think think of that that the ADs didn't get a say in whether or not football was going on was going to happen this fall? Lucas, you want to take this one first? Um, I got to think about it. Go ahead. Um, I'm just going to kind of give the answer I've given throughout the whole pandemic. I'm just going to defer to the experts and looking at the resumes of the school presidents, especially the two in our state for the Big Ten, uh, Mark Schlissel and uh, obviously you have President Stanley, who's the GOAT. Um, both of them have, uh, ex- I mean, extensive resumes dealing with infectious diseases. And so they're experts on this subject. They said football, it's not a good idea. Um, and you look at Michigan State, everything's online now. So it, it, they're telling people don't come to campus, try not to go to your homes or apartments off campus. Um, that's a whole different subject. But in terms of the athletic directors really not having a say, I think it's it's a difficult thing when there's not a lot of transparency from the top leadership down. Um, I do think they should have been involved in those discussions at some type of level, just because you, you want to make sure all the messaging is there from the uh, school presidents to the athletic directors to the coaches of the teams so they can properly relay the information down the chain of command. Uh, so I think that was a mistake, but ultimately um, – Athletic directors, I think they just need to kind of see the writing on the wall. That football is, was never going to happen this fall. Um, I still, it's amazing that you have the other conferences still proceeding when you have the issues at Alabama with about 500 tests, positive cases in the past week. So, um, yeah, the, those are kind of my thoughts. Presidents, they're, they're the experts in this field. Athletic directors, I understand why they'd be upset. But at the same time, you just kind of need to de- defer to the experts. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I I take back or I go back to what I said last week that I just don't understand why the NCAA didn't, you know, March 15th or whenever really everything shut down, get every school in their, you know, enforcement, get their AD and their president on the phone or on Zoom or on the phone, dial everyone in like the phone dial and say, um, you know, like, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to all come together and assign someone, you know, not Dr. Fauci, obviously he's too busy, but like, let's find someone, maybe Fauci can recommend someone and we can all collide. Like Mark Emmer can say, I'm going to work with this person and we're going to lay out a string of rules. And if you step out of line, then there's going to be consequences. Maybe kind of make it known, like we're all going to be on the same page even though you know the SEC would definitely <laughs> secede or, you know, say they're, we're not going to be the NCAA anymore. We're, they probably say we're going to start our own power um, league. 
But I just don't understand why it had to come to this, like all this discord and all this miscommunication, all this non-communication is very fucking embarrassing for the NCAA and for all these power five schools. Like the big 10, it's just so funny seeing Kevin Warren. Has he really said anything since he canceled or is he just kind of like, I, I, I don't believe that he has, I believe he talked to the big 10 network. Yeah. The day they announced that they were postponing football. And then I don't think that, <laughs> They talked after. I don't think he's made a public statement or made any press appearances since then. It's just that press release last week <laughs> that they're not going to revisit the postponement of the season. No, they're they're already getting structure ready for the spring, I believe. At least that's what some coaches have been saying. Um, it just reminds me, like a uh, verbal meme slash gif of uh, Arrested Development when, um, oh god, when George when George is like looking and it pans into him, then it looks into Job, and then it pans into him, and it pans into his puppet. Like, no one, like no one's taking the responsibility, and they're all just, like, kind of handing it off to one another. Like, that's literally the NCAA, Kevin Warren, and the Big Ten athletic directors. Shopper, uh, visual meme. <laughs> visual <laughs> meme. I, I, don't know, I don't know what your ability is with gifts, but if you, you can do it. If you can do it, do it. Uh, here – Here's where I'm at with this whole fire Kevin Warren da 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 thing. <laughs> recall Kevin Warren. Yeah, recall Kevin Warren. <laughs> uh, Wallen. It's Kevin Warren and Joseph Stalin. Wallen. There we go. <laughs> that that one's free. That one I won't charge you for that one. I don't think the athletic directors should have been involved in the decision-making at all because ultimately they're not the ultimate authority on their campuses. So if they should be mad at anyone, they should be mad at their chancellors and presidents for piss poor communication. And I have no doubt in my mind that the vote to postpone football wasn't unanimous like was first reported. And there are probably schools that dissented Nebraska But (laughs) like you said, Brett, we have in our state alone, we have two presidents who are trained in epidemiology and infectious disease. And if they're going, uh, what the fuck are we doing here? Then you should probably listen to them. You know, it's a, it's a classic facts. Don't care about your feelings moment. Know what I'm saying? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. It, you just got to defer. It's it's okay to say I don't know the right course of action here. I'm going to defer to the expert. I'm going to defer to somebody who know who studied this for their their career. Like it, it is okay to not know things or not have the right. And nobody has the right answer right now. But it, it just the lack of leadership everywhere is just absolutely hilarious. Growing up as kids, you would always hear adults pretending or saying that oh. I'd, always pretending to know what's going on and whatnot. Then they say, Hey, when you grow up, you won't know what to do and yada, yada, yada. You're like, no, I'll figure it out. Right. They're just, everyone's just a giant kid. Like, yeah, nobody, these people don't know what they're doing. Well, again, again, the problem is right. No one wants to be 
no one wants to be the bad guy, right? No one wants to be the parent and go, this is what's best for our long-term health. And we have to do this, right? Paying everyone to stay home and doing a full and total lockdown for eight weeks back in March would have prevented a lot of the mess we're in right now. But yes. because that would have affected short-term profits, we're now dragging this out and just trying to grip the steering wheel and hope we don't fly off a cliff before a vaccine gets developed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, I mean, yeah and, that's perfect. And I get it. It's been a long fucking year for everybody. Okay. It's, it's, it's been a long goddamn year <laughs> for every single person on planet earth. Okay. March. And Especially all, Kim Jong-un. Kim Jong-un yeah. is at a lot. He's had well, a bad year. It's been a short, it's been a, it's been a short amount of time to Kim Jong-un cause he's been unconscious for most of it. So they just stop time in North Korea. So whenever he goes into a coma, <laughs> it's like, all right, it's 1145 on August 13th. No, it's yeah. August 13th until he wakes up. It's 1145 until he wakes up. <laughs> you know, so it's nice for, it's nice for Kim. He's just like, oh shit, it's still April. Are we done yet? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> oh. But yeah, that's just, all these people just need to get their, get their panties untwisted and listen to people who are a lot smarter than them. And, you know, I know you wanted football. I wanted football too. But I had, over and over again, I keep coming back to Sean Doolittle, right? Sports are a reward for a functioning society. And I don't know if you can call anything that's going on right now in America a functioning society. So it is what it is. And, you know, I hate to, I've been going ISO a lot early in the pod, so I feel bad. I love it. No. uh, Go for it. These same fucking people who tell millennials and Zoomers, you guys are too soft to storm the beaches of Normandy. Can't wear a fucking piece of cloth without making up a fake government agency to try to get them let out of it. Or the new thing is they're making up religions. Yeah. You guys are creating whole ass religions to not wear a piece of cloth in public for 45 minutes at a time. The the right to breathe agency. This is why we got wiped in Vietnam. Yeah, Exactly. You, you were you were all you were all in mud fields in upstate New York dropping acid and having orgies, <laughs> while your high school classmates were getting gutted by commies, and now we're here where you can't even stand the thought of wearing a mask. You fucking. I, fucking well, I think it's their I think it's their bone spurs. The, the yeah, bone spurs it? don't allow them to wear a mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bone spurs in the ankle. I heard it really affects the respiratory system. It, it's tough. Did, it's did you tough. see the the picture someone shared on, I think it was Twitter, of a lady, obviously no mask on, but you can only see like her nose down. She has this um, laminated card that basically her pastor wrote this long explanation and fucking signed it and said, you know, it is a religious exemption from wearing a mask. And it quoted um, a certain law or ordinance or some shit and i it's amazing how 
much of a shit they give to not wear masks more than just putting on a mask for 20 minutes while you're shopping. And also I went to Catholic school. So I know the Bible pretty much in and out. It's part of the reason why, you know, I'm not very religious anymore. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Jesus would tell you to just wear the fucking mask because (laughs) verbatim. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus (laughs) would say, wear the, wear the fucking mask because he also dealt with a pandemic during his time. So like, do you think he's going to be like, yeah. Do you think he's just going to like heal you? Like, I don't understand. I saw a a painting today of like Jesus destroying COVID. Oh, I'm like, (laughs) Jesus, Jesus hasn't destroyed pediatric cancer. What makes you think he's going to destroy COVID? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's almost like that old joke about the guy who's like on the boat that's sinking and they keep sending rescue boats. He's like, no, I'm just going to wait for Jesus to save me. Then he drowns and he's like, why didn't you save me? He's like, I sent you three boats, you fucking moron. Like, that's, that's basically what like medicine and mass are right now. Just do it. Just listen. Uh, Jesus is done. Once Jesus is done crossing over Kobe and hitting the J, he'll, uh, <laughs> he'll, he'll tell that per- he'll hand a mask to them. No, I, I thought you were going to bring up, did you see that picture that uh, Trump supporters were sharing of who they <laughs> thought was Jesus? Um, like putting their putting his hands on Trump and it's Charles Manson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that was so fucking good. Everyone's like, don't tell them. Do not tell them. Oh, yeah, nobody go to Facebook. Early Facebook was great for that because every six months there would be people who would be like, women in bikinis get 5,000 likes. How many likes can Jesus get? And it's a picture of, of Ewan uh Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> yep, I remember that. <laughs> it's like every six months, someone would be like, how many likes can, how many likes can our Lord and Savior get? Uh. <laughs> so let's talk about the NBA playoffs for a quick second because yeah, pretty fun. they are, they are incredibly fun. Great. They've been great. So the Bucks are... Bucks are moving on. Celtics are moving on. 76ers. 76ers fired Brett Brown. They're going to be coached by Jawan Howard in the future. I'm excited for I'm excited <laughs> to see that. Lillard's officially out for tomorrow night. I saw that. Sad. Yeah. Dame, Dame Lillard has a sprained ankle. He's to, to quote Big Cat, thanks for coming out. Um, Blazers. Poor guy. Yeah, that's uh yeah. CJ McCollum has a broken back too. Yeah. Remember how great game one was when we were like, holy shit, the Blazers are going to win. LeBron is washed. <laughs> washed King. Should have known better. In the year 2020, did we really think LeBron was going to wash out in the first round? I got I to gotta find my tweet saying Blazers in four and delete it. <laughs> aim on, just, but. <laughs> aim on all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still don't think the Lakers are going to win the title. They're very – I still think they're very soft. And Anthony Davis, like, he's played well the last couple of games, but ultimately I don't know if he has that dog factor to be that yeah. Robin to Batman, kind of like D. Wade and LeBron were. Um, obviously you have Steph Clay and he added in KD. Um, it, but the playoffs, they've been amazing. Uh, I know I like to gamble on them. So it's been – it's been very uh, bountiful for people who love to bet the over. Um I love the bubble. I, I think what we're seeing is kind of what you get with March Madness, where you have a neutral court. Uh, obviously, there's no fans in this situation, but 
you just have it's pure basketball. Just the best team's going to win that day, and that's what we've kind of yeah. seen. And most most games are relatively close. And I don't really notice not having fans. Like some people are bitching about not having fans there. Like they pump in crowd noise, and it, it it sounds a little bit like your local gym, you know, your local Y. But it's fucking cool. Did you did you see uh, Lil Wayne? was yes. one of the virtual <laughs> fans in the Lakers section. And he, like, ducked out of the camera, came back up, and just blew smoke. Like, he was, like, ripping a, he was ripping a blunt <laughs> during the game. I, I don't know about you guys, but I've always just loved Lil Wayne. He is like, yeah. just love the guy. He is great. You know who else is great? Luka fucking Doncic. Oh, on real. This guy – is fucking insane. Is he the best? Okay, I, I, I mean, this is, it's gonna sound bad because we do this with every player. But is Luca the best twenty-one-year-old in American sports history? Like mm. looking back at what LeBron did when he was twenty-one, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at maybe Michael Phelps in the Olympics, but like what Sorry, Luca's yeah. doing right now is the it, best. It, it, there's probably some soccer player that our friend Jordan is just screaming at us about right now. Yeah, he's off the like Billy Madison when he hits the banana peel. We'll know. Yeah. We'll Fred, know. Freddie we, Adu. Yeah, we'll know. <laughs> Freddie Adu. Uh, we'll know he. We know we. We'll know we listen to the pod when he ats us, mm-hmm. and yeah. then goes. The best twenty-one-year-old is actually some Bayern Munich player or whatever. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that shot was fucking amazing that he hit. Yeah, I mean, Luca's just fucking, he's cold-blooded. And I really hope they advance. I really hope they make a run. Well, and what's funny is they're playing a little better in, on defense without Porzingis there. Like, they, they, they can be a little more cohesive. And, you know, you wouldn't have said that, you know, a year ago or even a couple weeks ago. But it just seems like the Mavericks kind of flow a little bit better and I was just really glad that number 32, whoever it is on the Mavericks, did not hit the game winner because <laughs> that would have been ugh, for, for MSU Twitter. Or even number 10. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, I'm looking at another great 21-year-old, Tiger Woods. In 1997, he, all he did was he won the Masters, player of the year, I mean, ranked number one. So, I mean, he was pretty good at 21, but – it's it's it's. I think it's a little bit different than you're playing a team sport. And I've never seen any NBA player this young who just dominates the game like Luca does. He controls right. every aspect of it. It's, usually, you kind of have one guy like Trey Young, phenomenal player. He, I mean, he can really score the ball, but he doesn't dictate the pace of play. He doesn't play that shutdown defense, and who can drive the hoop at any time. He can post up. He can hit fadeaway thirty-five footers at the buzzer. Like we're the term generational player is thrown around every single year, but I think you actually have one here. You're going from, you have LeBron James, Kevin Durant, every seven to 10 years, you're getting that guy. And I do think Luca is that, that guy now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of, I remember all the, all the pre-draft discussion, right. About Luca and how it was all like, you know, he, he plays in like a bullshit league. The guys are ripping cigs on the sidelines. Like it doesn't, it's not real NBA basketball. You know, he was, I think he was like 250 coming into the league. 
or something mm-hmm. crazy like that. And I mean, he is just, he's cooking. Luca, yeah. Luca is cooking. And they, they already gave out bubble MVP, mm-hmm. but uh, Dame, Dame won. Dame won bubble MVP, but I, shit. I mean, you, you could have made an argument for Devin Booker winning bubble MVP. Yeah. It was it's on it sucks that the Suns didn't get in. You know, they went eight no, but nothing ever and nothing else really went their way. I mean he was fucking amazing too, but Dame deserved it too. It's, I mean, at this rate, Luca might be looking I the Mavericks timeline, it's it's accelerated. I, I was watching the NBA and TNT after that game the other night and <clears throat> Kenny the Jet Smith was kind of saying like usually when you have that progression from the off season to the next season, it's three to four months. And that's what these guys had off. So they had a whole off season to go train, perfect their craft, understand the game better. They're basically, I mean, Luke is a second year player who's basically in his third year right now. So he had right. all that, those three months you had Chris steps. He had an extra three months. So their timeline sped up a full off season going into the playoffs. So, I mean, we'll see what happens tonight, but if they win the series, they're a legitimate threat to win it all. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy to think coming into the playoffs, like, but that's, I mean, that's what happens. You just get two of the best players in the world on a team. And unlike the Clippers who have pandemic P who is, I don't know. He, when you give yourself a Nick, your own nickname, like you give bad playoff P, trouble. That's playoff that, P. That's playoff trouble. P. You never, I have, no. I have a lot of roles in life. And one of them is never, ever trust anybody who gives themselves a nickname. <laughs> no, then he filmed that goofy-ass Gatorade commercial where he's playing some team and he he shoots the ball and he drinks some Gatorade. Like, he actually hit game. a clutch shot in the Gatorade yeah. commercial. That was his first the best, ever. The best part of that commercial, he up to that point in his NBA career, he's never hit a game winner. Right. He's only hit one in his whole career. Is it some game against the Pistons. Like, and it was in the regular season, like you can't call yourself ball game playoff P. No, this is pandemic P. The slander about him on Twitter is NBA Twitter. We give it a lot of shit because very cringy. But the best of NBA Twitter is <laughs> so elite, and I'm here for all the slander. Like so, next round is going to be let's okay. Bucks are going. Bucks versus Heat. The Heat. Yep. And people are kind of riding the Heat train right now. Like I listen mm-hmm. to Levitard, and they're you know they're based in Miami, so there's a couple of Miami homers on there, saying the Heat are going to beat the Bucks. I mean, I I'm on that train. Play a game or two before I can really say yeah they're going to beat them. I I think, I think that game one was kind of a punch in the mouth, mm-hmm. and it's I think they woke up and. Now I think, I mean, I don't see, I don't see anyone else. I don't think, I think they're going to trash the heat. I mean, I, I think they, I don't know. It depends on how this next round goes between the Raptors and Celtics, but it's whoever, whoever wins that series is going to have their hands full that I, there was a lot of talk after game one, again, just like the Lakers that, the Bucks didn't have it. Giannis doesn't have it, and everything I've seen since. I mean, it was it's it's a massacre. I God bless the Miami Heat, but they're gonna get fucking. They're gonna get railed. They'll, I mean, they'll win a game. They'll steal a game, but I think it's five games. 
And I, I think Raptors and Bucks is going to be the conference finals. I'm not, I'm not counting out Toronto. They're playing really no. well. And they have the best coach in the playoffs. He's he's a fucking great coach. He's a genius. And, and like they just like they have that swagger of we've won we've won a title. Like we know what it takes. We can we know we can do it. And they don't have Kawhi, but it seems like they haven't missed a step because Siakam's developed really well. And Fred Van Vliet, who outplayed Steph Curry, much like, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank, but I know there was someone else, another point guard who outplayed him. Like these guys just know how to win. They don't have. They didn't have that playoff hangover. Are you talking? Are you thinking about Kyrie in the 2016 yeah. Finals? I don't know. I I got my finals mixed up, so I'm just gonna punt on the uh, the analogy. But like, who do you guys think? I mean. So Lakers will play the Mavericks next if the Mavericks win. Uh, no, the Lakers will play the winner of Rockets Thunder, and I believe that that has not been. It's two two. Yeah, it's two two. So well, aren't the late, the Mavericks a seven seed? Yeah. So the would Maver- they would the Lakers play them as being the lower seed, or is it? No, they no, don't. They don't. They don't recede. Oh, okay. That's my. So fault. they would play the they would play the winner of the four five, which is. Uh, okay. Jazz. Oh, Jazz God. Nuggets. They would, play, yeah. Nuggets. They would play. I mean, so they're gonna play Jazz so again. Whoever. It's still, it's still two two. So right. we don't know. And and the and Dallas blew a game too. They blew game one. Yeah. yeah. Well, the refs threw out Chris Steps for no reason. Yeah. But I back to the Bucks. I'm kind of. I re- I really am on that Miami Heat can beat them train because what it comes down to when you have I mean. Milwaukee is uber talented. I really think Miami's hit their stride, and they have that championship coaching. But Eric Spolster, who's, who's been there a decade, and it, I mean, he seems like he's been there as long as Popovich has been in uh, San Antonio. But really, my main concern with Milwaukee is their coaching. I think Mike Budenholzer is just like a gentrified Dwayne Casey, and that terrifies me because Dwayne Casey would always have these phenomenal Raptors teams. They would win 55, 60 games. They'd get in the playoffs, they'd look phenomenal and they just get absolutely just blasted by some team until they met LeBron and they get their shit right yeah I mean LeBron they basically called him like a a comic because he would just he'd make the dinosaur go extinct and I mean they would call LeBronto everything but I'm really worried about that series because Mike Budenholzer is not going to outcoach Eric Spolstra and then if he gets to the conference finals he's going to have to go against Nick Nurse like I really don't think that I don't know what there's. I don't know what Milwaukee's ceiling is with him, because coaching in basketball is. I mean, we see it in college. We have Tom Izzo. It, it's beyond important. Mm-hmm. And it, at a certain point, like that becomes like the head-to-head becomes very important. Well, it's it's kind of like you know the analogy of you know if Michigan fired Jim Harbaugh, mm-hmm. who are you going to get that's better that's available? Like Juan Howard. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I, I know Popovich has been rumored to leave the Spurs. Like that's an outside shot because I know the Nets I, really yeah. want him, but I I don't see him leaving the Spurs. But no, if I were Pop, I'd go to the the Bucks before I would the Nets. I mean, I know you got KD and Kyrie, but I don't think Gian- Giannis is going to be there. I think I really do believe shit. he's going to be in the Bay. Plus, I plus Milwaukee's cold as fuck you know that's not yeah. old people old, old guys don't want to be in the cold man it's bad yeah. for the it's bad for the joints yeah it's I, think, I think pop's gonna stay in 
San Antonio. I did see those the Nets rumor. That'd be very interesting. Pop, Pop will. Be, re- I think Pop's probably gonna retire before he goes anywhere else. Right. Brooklyn. Brooklyn's interesting because you have a nice young core, and then you have Kyrie, <laughs> and then you're gonna get KD next year. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's nothing to scoff at to be able to coach you no know, two top 15 players uh, if you wanted to make a final run. But I don't see Pop as being that kind of guy who's going to chase rings. I mean, he's got fucking seven of them. <laughs> he's not going to pull a Tom Brady and, and leave just to leave. No, I think, he'll, I think he'll just ride it out and retire and hand the keys over to someone. He's got nothing to prove. He – I think he's the best NBA coach of the modern era. Yeah. I, I don't think Phil Jackson is, and I fucking love the Bulls. Agreed. I, I think Pop – I mean, it's just so sad that Pop is one rebound away from having six titles. And Tim Duncan's one rebound away from having six – or, yeah, from having six titles. That's just crazy to think about. Uh, Giannis just won uh, Depoy. Oh, breaking, breaking, coming across the road right now. Defensive player of the – hmm. Dun, 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 dun. Interesting. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, he's with uh, – yeah. So he's probably going to win MVP too, I heard. I heard he's pretty much just a, a slam dunk, as the basketball analysts say. <clears throat> I don't know. When do they – I know they moved back the award ceremony, but when do they decide MVP? I think it's been decided. Before the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. So they probably had this done for months. I don't know, because we got the bubble, they delayed it. I don't know. I said she voted for LeBron like a long time ago. I think it – I mean, it's either – I think it's Giannis or LeBron. I don't see anyone else challenging. Maybe challenging James Harden. Too. Maybe. Mm. But LeBron should have probably huh? 10 MVPs. Yeah, has, that's what, the four thing. Four or five. That's the thing. It's like you can realistically vote for LeBron every year and everyone will understand <laughs> why you voted for LeBron. But it's like right. some people are just like, I'll put him in fourth this year, you know. So I think this year, you know, he's got L.A. back into the playoffs. They were one seed. I don't see how anyone can I – think, I think this is like LeBron's last hurrah as MVP and then whatever happens after after that kind of happens. So Yeah. I mean Giannis still would deserve it like if he wins. I mean he's fucking amazing. But Oh yeah, Giannis oh Giannis absolutely is worthy, I've, but I've I've really thought LeBron should get it. Like just like you said. All these all these awards narratives are you know, they're all narrative based. They're not most of Oh, okay. So they're not uh they're oh. nothing special. So trying to figure out when they're really So yeah, the you know, there's there's still a lot to settle in in the West. Um it seems like Milwaukee's gonna close it out. Milwaukee's gonna close it out uh tomorrow. Yeah. Or this is going to post on Thursday. We record on Tuesday. So Milwaukee probably closed it out. Congratulations to the Bucks fans who listen to this chat, uh, this pod. 
very much. Uh, <laughs> and the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, game five. Lance, congratulations. Game five is on tonight for uh, Mavs Clippers. That's going to be a great game. Jazz are probably going to close out their series tonight. Yeah, the Jazz are tipping off right now. The Jazz are playing right now against Denver. Uh, so that'll be fun. And then, you know, we'll uh, we'll see what happens from we'll see what happens from there, folks. Yeah, who who do you guys think's playing for the uh, for the Larry O'Brien Trophy? I almost said Larry Brown Trophy. <laughs> um, That's tough. I'm gonna go the. I'm sorry, Esty. Go ahead. I I don't see how it's not Lakers. How it's not Lakers Bucks. I mean, I don't know how if I think. That while your concerns about Budenholzer sure are definitely legit, mm-hmm. Brett, I I just don't see how that team, the way they're playing after they kind of got punched in the mouth a little bit game one, is gonna gonna survive or gonna gonna fall to anyone else. Um, you know, I think. Whoever, yeah, I think that the best chance, the team with the best chance to probably take them out are the Raptors. And, you know, the the Celtics aren't going to be a cakewalk. It's going to be. That'd probably be a seven-game series, six, seven games. Yeah, it's going to go deep. It's going to go long. and fun. Yeah. And, you know. Everybody's going to have fun. It's going to be fun. <laughs> As long as everyone have fun, that's all we care about, folks. That's all we care about at Bacon Wire. Who do you think, Brett? We just want everyone to have fun, except for Rutgers. Fuck Rutgers. Yeah, fuck that. Trash. Chop on, baby. Um, In terms of who I think, I mean, this is going to be kind of a a bullshit answer, but I'm going to say whoever wins the Clippers-Mavs series. um, Mm. I'm just going to go with whoever wins that series. And then Mm. out of the East, I'm going to go with Toronto. You got to be the king. You got to knock off the king. And (sighs) – like SD said, I can't trust gentrified Dwayne Casey. <laughs> I'm I, I, I'm going Raptors Lakers. Um, I want to say Mavericks just like you did. I that's been creeping in my head since we started this, but I kind of want to see how the Mavericks finish this series. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if they win, then I'll have more faith. <laughs> that's a really stupid way of putting it, but I just want to see how they finish the series because. Man, it would be fucking great to see Luca versus LeBron. That would and, be incredible. And I would be remiss if I didn't say, you know, the the Clippers are far from dead. Kawhi, you know, right. you, you don't count Kawhi, you don't count Kawhi out until he's in a box going into the going into the cremation machine, you know. He's right. So we'll see you know, it'll be fun. The NBA playoffs have been awesome. This is the first year I think I've enjoyed the NBA playoffs in mm-hmm. in five, six years. Yeah. And it'll be it'll be great. I think it's Can awesome some- because sports have been very dormant. Yeah. That's part of it too is that we all have been craving something to 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 watch. And it's just 
the NBA just pulled it off so brilliantly too. That's why I like watching it too. Yeah, and you have the games on all day, mm-hmm. which is nice. But can I, can I just bring up something? When you SD, when you brought up the whole cremation, like the box, did you guys hear about the story about the woman in Southfield who no. was ruled? Okay, so this happened oh, yeah. over the. I think it was on Sunday. It might have been yesterday, but some twenty-year-old woman in Southfield uh, was pronounced dead. Uh, <clears throat> Paramedics arrived at the house. They tried to do CPR for 30 minutes, which is, I guess, the allotted time until you rule somebody dead. So they take her to the the morgue at the uh, funeral home, and she wakes up the next morning. So she they, they pronounced her dead, and she just, like, wakes up wherever she was. I don't know if she was in the body bag. I don't know if she was stashed away, like, in the storage unit where they just shut the door on her. But, yeah, she she's alive. Um we're still waiting more information but I think that is just like absolutely horrifying that's I mean I can't even think of anything worse from either perspective of being ruled dead like and then you come back you wake up like in a morgue it just terror like the whole thing is so creepy but it's also hilarious like what more what more 2020 can we get than I mean like imagine being that parent and like your daughter's dead and then you get a call the next day hey um so about your daughter being dead we have her on <laughs> you want to talk to her she's on the phone she's right by the phone <laughs> like that'd be the most shocking things a parent could go through and it sucks for them to have to go through that period but i'd just be flabbergasted uh, this is an arrested development reference every episode but <laughs> when uh <laughs> it's like uh it's like the doctor like you know buster's gonna be all right <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh thank god yeah he lost his left hand but he's gonna be all he's gonna be all right from now on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like yeah imagine like you telling everybody yeah they're gone. They're dead. The next morning, like you get that call, and you got to How do you call somebody back? Well, she's not really dead. She's she's alive. I don't know how any of that works. I don't know what type of lawsuit that's going to happen, but it's just crazy craziness. So let's get into uh, our talk with Chris Fanini. Uh, he is the. He writes college football for The Athletic, and we broke down our top five rom-coms. Why aren't you talking about college football? You're thinking to yourself right now. Well, college football is not going to happen. So the best, <laughs> we can do, happen. the best we can do is give you some good shit to watch on Saturdays while college football is not happening. So let's get into our chat with Chris. <clears throat> All right, we're now joined by uh, college football writer for The Athletic, Chris Vanini. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing well, guys. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for coming on. So we're going to rank our top five rom-coms, but first we just have – I have a couple of housekeeping questions. Uh, when you joined The Athletic, were you able to send out your tweet that you joined The Athletic before it became a meme? Yes, because when we – when I joined, it was 2017. At that point, there was only the uh, Detroit, Toronto, Chicago, and Cleveland. That was the only sites they had. Then they made college football, 
and Stuart Mandel got to do the 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 main why I'm joining the athletic thing. And I'm actually mad about it. And me and Nicole Auerbach and some of the other originals on the college football team uh, are upset about it because we never got to do our why I'm joining the athletic column. And we, we've had some people like uh, my, my buddy Tashawn Reed, he covered Florida State, and then he moved to cover the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. He got to do two of them. And we never got to do one. So, yes, I did it before it was a meme. Um, and I'm upset that uh, – I, I guess I tweeted it before it was a meme, but I'm upset I never got to do the column. Okay. Great. And also, I assume you've been on uh, press conference calls with Michigan State athletics and beat writers and stuff. Um, Hondo Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> what? Take us through the Hondo Carpenter experience out of, out of press conference with coaches. Yeah, I mean, I, I first met him in 2009 when I covered – when I covered the team for the state news, um, he was, he was a nice friendly guy. He's just a, he's just, you know, he's really outgoing and just out there. And, uh, you know, he's always been nice to me and my experiences with him, but you know, he's certainly a character and I know that now, now he's out in, now he's out in Vegas doing the Raiders thing and he's kind of doing the same deal there. So, uh, yeah, everybody's kind of got their own Hondo, you know, experience and in, in, in whatever. Um, I don't know him really that well personally, just in my times I worked alongside him from uh, from twenty from oh nine to uh probably about twenty twenty eleven. Was with their with them quite a bit. You know, he always asked the first question in the press conference and you know, in his own type of way. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because Cassius Winston, he did a athletic uh, Q&A one time and somebody asked him who's the worst uh, MSU beat writer and why is it Hondo and he just answered <laughs> yep it's Hondo <laughs> yeah I, I remember when I saw that um, <laughs> he, he, he's he's just a, he's just kind of a, he's just kind of a character and you know everybody just kind of has their own feelings on him I guess Hondo John Gruden and Al Davis and Mike Mayock oh boy that's gonna be cool. perfect that's a marriage made in heaven so let's get down to brass tacks let's get down to business we're here to rank top five rom-coms let's do it and chris the honor is yours what's your number five who so when, when you told me about this i i thought of whatever i could i wrote them down i got about like eight or nine i wanted to include in my top five i guess i didn't rank these but let me uh, let me do this real quick. That, that's one. Um, some of these, some of these, like I don't know if it's a rom com or if it's, or it's or if it's a sports movie, but Fever Pitch. Okay. With Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon, does that count as a rom com or does that count as a sports movie? Uh, I think it's a rom com. I think it's a rom com. I'll call it a rom com. All right, that's my number five. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Brett, you're number five. Um, my number five is The Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan. I love that movie. Yeah. But is, but is that a rom-com? I guess well, for the it's dad. funny and there's romantic aspect. So yeah. I'm putting yeah. it into the roman- uh, rom-com category. Yeah, there's one thing I learned when trying, to make a li- when trying to make my list is like there's a lot of cheating you can do to get away, to get away with this. So... Yeah. 
it's this that's the beauty of rom-coms you know and i've determined that they're like pizza and sex you know even when they're bad they're pretty good <laughs> yes lucas you're number five all right full disclosure like i told the boys chris before we did this i'm not a big rom-com guy my wife loves obviously loves rom-coms so she helped me make this list this one i'm thinking about and i just i really thought the movie was good it's on the movie rankings website that I use. It's not like high, rated highest, so I call it my number five. And it's Friends with Benefits, Ooh. With JT and uh, Mila Kunis. I mm. like those two, so and I thought they were pretty good together. And it's a little bit of a cookie cutter movie, but I I enjoy it. I enjoy it enough. Like I'll watch it if it's on TV. That's on, that's on my list, but I don't know if I want to reveal where it is yet. Okay. So, Interesting. I don't feel as. I, just, I never felt bad ranking it, but I'm like, you know, it's it's there, but it, I'll watch it anytime it's on TV. It's it's solid. Um, yes. I, I'm like Lucas. I love rom-coms. I had a list of like 25 I did narrow down. <laughs> so uh, my number five is Crazy Stupid Love. Uh, that's, also, that's also on my list. Yep. Just – We'll we'll save it. We'll we'll save the discussion for crazy stupid love. Uh, Chris, you're number four. Number four, Hitch. Oh, okay. Mm. With Will Smith, Kevin James, me, uh, um, Eva uh, Mendez. Mendez, I get them mixed up. Yep, uh, love that movie. Seen it a million times. Could see it a million more. It's one of those. It's just it's an easy watch every time. Just solid across the board. I've never seen Hitch. It's it's solid. I love the he's when he's teaching Kevin James how to dance. I got a lot of mileage out of that. Yes, yes. I got a lot of mileage out of that scene. Uh, Brett, you're number four. My number four is The Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. <laughs> love that movie. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. I have is not it, seen it. It's been a while. Yeah, so she, basically, like the premise is like she thinks she has cancer. So she like abandons her boyfriend and her like uh, adopted son and goes over to Europe to become like a cook and whatnot and just really good movie. She thinks she has cancer. It sounds, it sounds dark. She was misdiagnosed. <laughs> she was misdiagnosed. So she, 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 she got diagnosed with cancer and her first instinct is fuck my family. Gone. <laughs> Gone. I'm out. She goes on this holiday trip on her by herself. She like meets this cook, a Wolfgang Puck and just – they become bonded, and it's a great movie. Hmm, she marries Wolfgang Puck. That's cool. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, my turn again. Yes. Hmm. My number four is Knocked Up. Okay. Mm. Now, that's my Apatow, direct Apatow movie, uh, Spartan Dog, that I have on here. I remember seeing that movie – I really like that movie like that. I love 40 year old virgin and I really like knocked up and it just kind of gives, <laughs> it's like this, this everyday goofy looking guy can go out with this pretty good looking, attractive blonde woman and make it work. It's kind of like if you're a single fella, there, there's hope for you no matter what. And it might not, might not come at you in the, in the greatest way like it did them, but they made it work. And I think it's got some very real elements to it, especially since I watched it after I got married and I'm like, yeah, that, that shit happens. You know, like that, that actually does happen. Um, I still really enjoy that movie. So it's definitely number four. He's, he's doing the dice thing too much. 
Doorman. You're just a doorman. Do I go see Spider-Man 3? How come you take me to go see Spider-Man 3? Oh, yeah, he, she thinks he's cheating on him, and he's just going to a baseball draft. <laughs> that oh yeah, that was one of the was that one of the early Jonah Hill appearances? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, he was in Forty Year Virgin just briefly, but I think that's knocked up. He had a bigger role. He was the, the kid who wanted to buy the goldfish shoes at the eBay store. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. like, no, I I can't just give you them. He's like, well, let me just give you money, and we'll make it easy. And he's yeah. like, what the hell? Uh, uh, my my number four is Crazy Rich Asians. Oh. Mm. recency recency bias maybe but it's just it's such like rich rich porn and just (laughs) henry golding's just a stud you know he's henry golding just the man handsome handsome boy hands one of the handsomest and jimmy o yang is just was on a heater he's in the movie for like three minutes but it's three minutes of pure Mm -hmm. just pure gold I probably need to see that one again. I've, oh. I've seen it one. I think I saw it once and enjoyed it, but I haven't seen it since. All right. Chris, you're number three. This is where I have crazy, stupid love. Okay. Really, really, really well cast. And when it turns out that Ryan Gosling is, is the boyfriend and Emma Stone is the daughter that he had when he was young, that was just like a jaw-dropping moment. That scene where they get in the fight and Kevin Bacon's there. Just love everything about that scene. Um, and it's, it's a pretty uh, raw, uh, you know, movie as well. Um, it, it really kind of pulls on a lot of emotions. Um, really like that movie. Really like Crazy Stupid Love. David Lindhagen, just all-time, yes. all-time <laughs> character name. David yes. Lindhagen is just an all-time character name, and yes. yeah, I agree. The uh, the the storyline with the son and the babysitter. You know, I I can't attest to having a crush on my babysitter, but you know, <laughs> oh, it, yeah. it, there's some very real there's some very real things there about unrequited love that I think is I think is dope, and Steve Carell is just awesome with the new balances and mm-hmm. and the dad khakis and all that stuff that's awesome yeah, what, i love was, that movie was that was that the was that the first movie where ryan gosling really became a heart no i guess not i guess he was in the notebook but that was when he takes off his shirt there that in that one scene with emma stone that's like a wow moment yeah never never forget that he was an absolute defensive liability on the titans i'll never <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep yep Brett, you're number three. My number three is The 40-Year-Old Virgin. <laughs> Great movie. Great movie. Love 40-Year-Old Virgin. Yeah, that was, it was tough putting that at two or three. Um, I feel comfortable with that in a three slot. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's like a top five comedy period for me, I think. It's long, but like it's one of those long movies that you really don't notice it too much. Like it just – you're so into Steve Carell trying to get laid that like, it doesn't matter how long the movie is. It's, it's so iconic. It's such a great movie. That thing is remains quotable uh, to this day. And I tell you when, when that one of the last scenes when Elizabeth Banks is in the bathtub and the music's playing and they get Steve Carell and he's like hammered and he goes, 
I still just do that when I'm around the house. I just make that noise and that sound all the time. And uh, that thing, that stuck with me. I, my favorite part of the movie is Jane Lynch. She's, she's so good. <laughs> just so you know, the door's always open. But uh, I'll haunt your dreams. Yes. I don't have any Apatow movies in my in my top five list just because I think the Apatowness of them kind of drowns out some of the more rom com elements that I that I enjoy, but I still do love Forty Year Old Virgin and the scene of Paul Rudd freaking out over the Michael McDonald DVD. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I, yes. I, I I I worked a couple of retail jobs and Oh, yeah. That is so accurate to real life. If I have to hear <laughs> that "Na Na Honey I'm Good" song one more time, I might, I might snap. <laughs> Halo by Beyonce. Yeah, I, I can't. Thumbs on a loop like ten times a day. And when my wife, when I met my wife, she's a big Beyonce fan. Start playing Halo, I kind of got PTSD. I'm like, you gotta fucking skip it. Yeah, you get a thousand yard stare to a lady yelling at you about a stapler. It's yeah, <laughs> my my mine and my song like that is is Manic Monday. When I worked at uh, Dunham's Sporting Goods Store, that that song came on all the time. Um, oh, yep, that was still there when I worked there like ten years ago. Yeah, awesome. Uh, <laughs> Lucas, you're number three. I want to put Crazy Stupid Love. Um, yeah, really don't have anything else to say. I just think it's a really kind of realistic movie and and yeah like Mm -hmm. when when we find out that he's the boyfriend and you know she's his daughter like holy shit that made the movie that much better because yeah a little bit more invested into them and especially their connection because like steve carell and and emma stone made such a good uh, daughter father duo and i think it showed a little bit more range of steve carell because at that point you know we were knee deep in michael scott or at least that was it came out right when he left the office. So, but you know, we were still just so entranced with Michael Scott that seeing him do something different, albeit comedy, is a little more on the serious side. And um, yeah, I, I, I still really like that movie. So my number three is 10 things I hate about you. Oh, good one. I, I, I fucking love this movie so much. It's just like, it's just, it's a vibe. I overuse this word, but it's it's such a vibe. <laughs> you know, you got Heath Ledger just absolutely just melting everyone around him. Young Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, just Gabrielle Union just absolutely scorching the screen every time she comes on. And there's just it. Julia Stiles as Cat is just like like it's. I saw it for the first time, I think when I was like 14 and I think I chased after, I think I chased after alt girls, the rest of high school because of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it like, it kind of just like switched something up in me where I was like, yeah, I, I need to find a girl who reads Sylvia Plath. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> yeah, like, that's- hell yeah. Such a 1999 movie as well. Oh, yeah. I got to watch it. I've never seen it. I know Cassie said I'd probably like it. It's on Disney Plus. You have no excuse. Disney Plus. Oh, is it? Oh, good to know. Yeah. All right. All right. Chris, you're number two. Wedding Crashers. Oh. 
There we go. I I I really think the 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 romantics the the love story of that movie I think is incredibly underrated. Like obviously Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson are great. It's incredibly quotable. So much of that is hilarious. But uh-huh. the Rachel McAdams Owen Wilson stuff I thought that was really well done. Mm. And 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 um yeah, like it, it's one of those you know the, the movies with those guys you don't really necessarily get attached to the kind of love story in a lot of these, but that one really worked, I think. And then you got a young Bradley Cooper basically making his debut, <laughs> crab cakes and football, <laughs> you know, Christopher Walken's the secretary of state. He's so good in that movie. Walken it, it, was amazing. Yes. His, his mom is crazy. His wife is crazy. The whole family, his the, 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 Rachel McAdams sister, just incredibly excellent. Yes, that that oh yeah, and the brother too, of course. That, that would that's uh-huh. a top. Yes, that's a top three hardest I've ever laughed in a theater movie was Wedding Crashers. But I also think the I also think that the the love story was really well done as well. Yeah, the the Vince Vaughn Isla Fisher stuff is just unreal. <laughs> yes. It's it's so good, Brett. Yes. You're, Brett, you're number two. So I haven't seen this movie in a few years, but I'm going to go with American Pie. I think that's just like one of the quintessential like rom-coms kind of falls like just, it's just amazing. I mean, they had the whole series and everything ties together so nicely. Um, Yeah. It's a classic Best movie dad ever. Best movie dad ever. (laughs) (laughs) That, That movie, even more than 10 Things I Hate About You, American Pie is peak 1999. Because they're all wearing the baggy ass cargo shorts, yeah, yes. uh, the plaid um, overshirt, and then like a gray undershirt. Like that's what everyone wore in middle school when uh, when mm-hmm. I was there, nineteen ninety nine. Like, God, seeing that shit again. <laughs> that's a that's a first ballot Hall of Fame uh, sleepover movie for me and my friends. Yeah, when it's like one a.m., you know, you're too young, you're too young to start drinking, <laughs> but you're a little too old, you know, to like stay up all night to try to stay up all night and think it's cool. So you just, you throw on American pie and everyone just kind of passes out. That was, it was always American pie and then uh step brothers. Those were the two. Ooh. Oh yeah. Yes. Yep. <laughs> My number two is long shot. Ooh. With uh, Charlize Theron and Seth oh, yeah. from last year. It was a little bit of a, sl- it made a good amount of money, but it kind of, was under the radar because it came out during the summer, you know, like yeah. when it's the blockbuster season and everyone was still talking about Endgame and all that. I really like the movie. Like it, it flows really has a lot of good supporting characters too. Like uh, June Diane Raphael is really funny in it. Um, like uh, Ice Cube's son of Shay Jackson Jr. is good in it. And, you know, you have Andy Serkis. I forgot he was in it until I looked again. I think he's like uh I think he's caked in makeup. To, I kind of need to watch it again. But, yeah, he um, plays. He plays like the. He plays like the Roger Ailes, Rupert yeah. Murdoch media guy. Yeah, like a Fox News guy. Yeah. Um, oh wow! Yeah. I didn't realize that. It's it's a really good movie. It's it's two wow, it's two hours long. I just really enjoy, it was one of those movies that like we went to see just to go see in like a cheap theater near us, and we came out of it like, man, that might have been one of the mo- better movies of the last year that we saw. I, wa- I remember I wanted to see it when it came out and I, I, we weren't able to. And then finally a couple months ago we watched it and yeah, it was really solid. I, I yeah, really it's, on, it. it's on HBO and HBO Max. It's, I, I think I'm going to watch it again soon. 
So uh, my number two is forgetting Sarah Marshall. Mm. Uh, It's so, it never fails to make me laugh. Um, (laughs) I love Mila Kunis just throwing 103, just absolutely just heaters. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Kristen Bell throwing heaters, uh, just absolutely incredible supporting characters. The, the first surfing lesson with Paul Rudd puts me on my ass every single time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need a, yeah. I got rid of my watch when I moved out here, man. And he was like, wow, that that's, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got my phone. It, it tells me the time. I don't need a watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's another one. You can just rewatch it a million times and it's, yep. it just stays solid. And actually that's in that, is in the same universe as Get Him to the Greek, which yeah, was Get Him to the Greek which was is, sequel. It's kind of a sequel because it's sequel. the same. It's the same character, but also there's two Jonah Hills in that universe. Then right, and and they're both obsessed with uh, with uh, what's his dude uh, Russell Brand. Russell Brand, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. love I love when um, after he, Sarah breaks up with um, Peter Jason Siegel. He's like he's like a TV isn't he a TV composer? Yeah. And he's doing like those really just dark tones for the shows and they're like, um, you gotta go, man. <laughs> I'm, Peter, I got Albert Brothers tickets, man. <laughs> doing, he's doing the Seinfeld theme over the over the, over like the over like the take off the sunglasses pun moment. <laughs> yes. Good. Uh, Chris, you're number one. Friends with Benefits. Okay. I, I've, wa- I, I've watched this movie a million times. Have it, have it on DVD. Still watch it. Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis are perfect in that movie. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember, there were two Friends with Benefits movies that came out at like the exact same time. Yeah. The other, the other was No Strings Attached. I think No yeah. Strings Attached might have come out first with Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman. Yeah. And that was that was that was ugh, whatever. But Friends with Benefits was great. The music, the soundtrack in that is great. The the characters are all funny. Justin Timberlake's whole family. Um, Mila Kunis's mom is hilarious. Uh, just their their whole relationship. Just Justin Timberlake was great in that. I I, I when he when he's dancing to Criss Cross. Uh, he thinks he thinks closing time is by Third Eye Blind, and at the at the oh, very yeah. end of the movie. At the very end of the movie, he realizes it's semi-sonic. <laughs> uh, just, it's such a, like, it's such, like, a bubbly movie. Like, it's just a very, like, uplifting, fun, like, rom-com that I, I can watch anytime. Yeah, I, Friends with Benefits is, is one that, you know, was kind of outside my top ten, but I absolutely, I absolutely agree. Uh, I bought, I think I bought it on iTunes for Christmas with a gift card. And I watched it like eight times in six months. <laughs> oh, and Woody Harrel and Woody Harrelson. Oh, he's so great as like the as like the editor or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the the gay editor who lives across the river and drives the boat. Yeah, and Sean Sean White makes an appearance, and he's like a he's like a dick, and they don't want him on the cover. Yeah, just it's just a really like quick. It moves quickly, you know. It's just it's it's just fun. Great turn your brain off stuff. Yes. Brett, you're number one. I'm going with The Princess Bride. Oh, this is like one ooh. of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I think, and I really put it in like the comedy. It, there's a lot of just funny parts, but especially like uh, Vizzini 
like the inconceivable that that always gets me to laugh and then like when they're doing like the back and forth with the poison cops and he thinks he's like gonna like, outsmart everybody like i mean this he reminds me of greg henson almost just like a complete fool <laughs> so that's what like that's why it just makes me laugh now like think about it but no that's like that's one of my favorite movies of all time it makes me laugh obviously romantic so it's been a minute since I've seen Princess Bride. Yeah. I watched it like a year ago. It's it's a good that was the first time I'd seen it actually. I kind of seen it catch up on some of the old classics. Yeah, um, that's, that's one I could watch like so many times. Yeah. Um my number one is The Room. Um and here's <laughs> hey! <no>. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm let's let's hear this. Let's hear this. The love between Johnny and, and Lisa is just amazing. No. Um my number one is forgetting Sarah Marshall. Really okay. not much I can <laughs> add to it. I really really, really love that movie. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Jason Siegel, I there's a lot of like I'll watch any movie with him in it. Like I thought about putting I Love You Man on here just for the romantic yeah. aspect of them two trying to become best friends. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. It, he, go ahead. Yeah, he doesn't have many leading roles, but but that was one and it, it definitely fit. Right. Like you could believe him as being this this character, kinda like Seth Rogen, you could buy as being the the main lead and knocked up. Like mm-hmm. the Apatow crew really does a good job of casting their guys. Like Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah were perfect for Superbad. Yeah, like they they just they don't miss on that stuff. But yeah, I, I really love forgetting Sarah Marshall. I need to go watch it again now. It, I, I love you, man. Just missed. It was number six on my list. Ooh. But, yeah, I didn't like. I love. I just. I didn't. I. I didn't count it in the rom com category for me. But yeah. you make a good. You make a good point, and that it's kind of a friendship romantic comedy, and I think that works. And and has the best non main character name ever in Hank Mardukas. <laughs> Mardukas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got we got Lou Ferrigno in there as well. Uh, uh, my my number one is Clueless. Uh, okay. I I fucking. I rock with Clueless so hard. Yes, he uh, loves that movie. It's so it's so funny. You know, it's it is old. It has gotten older, but you know, I think the relationships are kind of timeless. And you know, s- someone getting together with their with their stepbrother. You know that that's the one thing that's aged pretty well out of everything in that movie. You know, <laughs> cell phones may be smaller, but you know, stepbros hot in the streets right now. So, <laughs> I haven't seen that in forever either. My, I, go ahead. I, uh, I I I rewatched it over the weekend just to like kind of make sure it's what I wanted to put, and it's it's still so funny and just uh, the the Stacy Dash Donald Faison relationship is is hilarious when they're at the party and he's getting his head shaved and she's like, I'm going to call your mom. It's just like, I have friends who like actually threatened to do that with their boyfriends. Like I'm going to call your mom if you don't knock it off right now. (laughs) My, my honorable mentions were uh, fools rush in starring Matthew Perry and Salma Hayek uh, and 17 again, 
little bit of rom-com, so that's why I bumped it off the list. And uh, Which one is 17 again? Is that the one with Matthew uh, Perry? It's like, kind of like big, but like Zac Efron is Matthew yeah, okay, Perry. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. And yeah. like Matthew Perry's just this complete piece of shit to his family and kind of wins his wife back over as his younger self. And um, I love you, man, and The Room. <laughs> I'm I'm putting the room on there just to make just just because I'm I'm obsessed with that movie. My my leftovers included the wedding singer. Ooh. Another Great. another another classic. Um train wreck. Okay. Uh when we first met. Have any of you guys seen that one? It's on Netflix. No, I don't think I it's, haven't. It's uh let me I don't remember the people's names. It's, it's a time travel movie. It's okay. Adam, uh, Adam Devine, Devine, Adam Devine. I don't know if I'm to say it. He's the lead. He loves Alexandra Daddario. Oh, I he, have seen this. Yeah, and and he they they don't get together. It's her wedding day. Something happens. He goes back in time, and he tries to make it where they're hmm. together. And he has to. He ends up having to go back a handful of times to figure it out. I love that movie. It it doesn't it it forty three percent of Rotten Tomatoes. I I don't understand that. But uh, it's just it's on Netflix. I think it was a Netflix exclusive movie. Yeah. Um, just a really fun movie watching that over and over again. Um, what else did I? Uh, funny people. I don't know if that quite qualified. But speaking on the Judd Apatow group, that that's kind of. I mean, Adam Sandler is in love with the you know what's her name, but she's married, so it's kind of is kind of not. Yeah, uh, yeah, Leslie Mann. Yeah. Um, so it is and it isn't, but but. That that one popped into head, and then uh, the girl next door hmm. with with uh, uh, Alicia Cuthbert, and she's the porn star, and uh, what's his name? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I Timothy Elephants yeah. like her. Um, yeah, he's like her manager, like pimp or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good that's one as well. Right. That's that's what I had on my my leftovers that didn't make the cut. Uh, Brett, do you have any? Uh, do you have any honorable months? mentions honorable mentions i guess my one would be um well i saw groundhog day that was on one of the lists that i was looking at um thought that one was kind of interesting and then i guess maybe billy madison i don't know if that would really make my <laughs> list but it, it does i mean it it, it kind of falls like in a i mean it's more comedy but there's definitely a romantic aspect i think yeah that, that, i mean that, that wouldn't make my list but it's definitely uh in consideration Mm-hmm. Veronica Vaughn, so hot. Want to touch the hiney? <laughs> uh, I have a couple I want to shout out. Like I said, love you, man. Love Simon. Great, great uh, kind oh, of coming of age rom com. Uh, plus one. It's an indie. It stars uh, Jack Quaid and uh, Maya Erskine, and you know it's just like friends who agree to be the plus ones to like every wedding they have to go to this summer and then, you know, they fall in love. Mm-hmm. And then I just wanted to shout out this movie, um, on the line starring Lance Bass and <laughs> Joey oh. Fatone. Uh, Kevin <laughs> has, Kevin has everything going for him, but his lifelong lack, but his lifelong lack of confidence keeps him from recognizing love and happiness, even <laughs> if it's sitting next to him. When Kevin meets the girl of his dreams, Abby, played by Emmanuel Shakiri, on Chicago's L train, they connect immediately, but he lets this golden opportunity slip away by not having the courage to ask for her name and number. 
Unable to find her or forget her, Kevin and his buddies launch a massive campaign to locate Abby. Watch it now for free on Voodoo. I do not recommend you watch it because I haven't watched it. It showed up when I Googled rom-coms to see if I forgot anything. It is 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, I, something, I, something I forgot to mention, haven't seen it in forever, remember liking it at the time, kind of along the same lines, has a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is from Justin to Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't remember anything about it, so I looked up the description. In this musical, I know. Co- college student Justin arrives in Fort Lauderdale for spring break with his friends Brandon and Eddie and quickly crosses paths with waitress Kelly. Although Justin falls for Kelly almost instantly, Kelly's jealous friend Alexa tries her best to keep the two apart. But with the help of several song and dance numbers, Justin and Kelly eventually connect and make sweet music together. Thank God for song and dance numbers, man. <laughs> I, I, remember, I remember laying on the, I remember, it must have been 2003, I remember laying on the couch at my buddy Steve's house we had, I think we had a hockey game the day before and I slept over at his place. I woke up in that morning and the TV was on and that movie came on and I sat there and watched the whole thing and I thought, hey, this wasn't bad. I found a better synopsis. It's from the moviewrankings.net. Its <laughs> average is a zero out of a hundred. <laughs> uh, this, this is such a good synopsis. A lonely, sexually repressed man, a depressed woman, a summer camp, on this fateful night, they will meet, dot, 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 and their hearts will become one. <laughs> yes, oh. I think that works as well. It's it, think that purely, works well. purely Shakespearean from Justin to Kelly. Yes. Uh, oh, what, what, one other I forgot to add. I just saw it like two, three weeks ago. Uh, just popped into my head. It was Palm Springs. Oh, oh yes. Geez. Excellent. Excellent <laughs> film. Very fun, very fun movie. Uh, Andy Samberg and um, the the woman I don't remember her name, but she was the mom and How I Met Your Mother. It's 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 essentially ground. When you mentioned Groundhog Day, that's what that's what made it pop into my mind. It's kind of the same idea where you live the same day over and over. But it was a, it was a it was a fun little twist on that um, on that uh, trope. I won't reveal it, I guess, because it's relatively new. In case anybody hasn't watched it yet, but uh, highly recommend that it is on Netflix as well. I couldn't finish it. Also. Really? Yeah, I couldn't finish it. Also, J.K. Simmons just yes, <laughs> just on one. <laughs> yes. Hey, hey, Chris, I want to ask your thoughts since you're a big DC. Oh, guy. that uh, that's also that's a uh, gross points own J.K. Simmons. Oh yeah, of that's course. right. He's a big Tigers fan. Yeah, and in Ohio State, I think. I think he, yeah, I don't know why, but he's a big Ohio State guy. But yeah, Tigers fan. Hey, Chris, uh, I want to ask you before you leave. What do you what do you think about all the DC stuff? I it, was, it was awesome. That was a great event by DC Comics on Saturday, the Fandome. You mm-hmm. get trailers for Batman, for Wonder Woman. You get the cast for Suicide Squad behind the scenes. You get, um, you get a Black Adam teaser type of thing. You get a Snyder Cut trailer. Um, I watched that thing all day. You know, the, the, pan- the panels were cool. The, 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 the things they showed you were really cool. They really a lot of... Just kind of how a lot of it works. I thought it was really well done, and I am I am fired up about all of that stuff. What do you think of Batman? So I'm a like I'm a little Batmaned out, you know. There's been so many, and we've, <laughs> we we're still doing Ben Affleck Batman, who I think is a great Batman. But seeing that he's this is basically going to be Detective Batman, 
I think that's a I think that's a good way to take it. We've seen the dark and brooding Batman. It looks like this is going to be a dark movie, but it also looks like they're going to emphasize the detective part of it, which is what Batman is and really we don't see in the movies anymore because he's a superhero. We don't really So to go back to a young Batman to to have it be a mystery I think that was the right way to do it. So I, I have, I'm, I'm optimistic about it now. Yeah. I'm, I'm really hoping this Riddler is good. I mean, Paul Dano's a great actor. Yeah. And I'm, I can't believe that was chunky Colin Farrell in that trailer. I didn't, I didn't like, know that was him. In my mind when I read that later, I'm like, that was Colin Farrell. Yeah. I thought it was, um, shoot. What's his name? Um, Oh, I know who you're talking about. Um, Nathan, uh, no, not Nathan Lane. Um, uh, Richard uh, Kind. Yes, Richard Kind. I thought that was him. <laughs> Photoshopped him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was crazy. I, I can't wait for this movie. And I totally forgot that Andy Serkis was Alfred, which I think is going to be badass. Mm-hmm. And Jeffrey Wright as uh, Commissioner Gordon will be cool. And I guess that's going to set up a kind of set up the Gotham PD hbo show i think they're gonna do yeah, like kind of the, the series is is the first year of batman supposedly so I'm yeah wondering, i'm wondering if they're gonna convince any of these big names to show up in it which they might be able to or it might be in their contract yeah i, I just want to get your thoughts because i saw this trailer and i'm just like holy crap this looks so good yeah and you, you had you had to have that scene where he just punches a guy like 15 times and it's dead silent and you hear the bones cracking like because it's robert pattinson like we're, we're still thinking we're still thinking twilight you had to make him come off as as cool yeah obviously you know he looked emo in there in a bit but you had to make him look tough and that's a great kind of impact right off the bat to be like okay no this is going to be this is going to be serious and you can take this guy seriously and i really like that when you know he stops beating the shit out of that guy he doesn't just say I'm Batman. He just he says I'm vengeance. And yeah, it's yeah. not like this growly voice or anything. It's just like <laughs> I'm vengeance. Like mm-hmm. that's cool. That's like that's like how um you know Keaton delivered it. Keaton basically just went a little dark, little lower of a tone. Yeah. Like Sorry, I, like, I, could, I I just want to ask your thoughts on this stuff. No, I'm so I'm, for it. Yeah, no, I mean honestly, like all the Batman have been really good in their own way. I really like Ben Affleck as the old kind of disgruntled batman who's seen some shit and like he's yeah. he's done with this and he's gonna kill some people and then superman kind of convinces him to 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 go his better ways i love batman v superman in case any of you guys know i <laughs> i stand for that movie on twitter all the time um, it's it's kind of my thing but yeah, um, yeah 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 so i'm excited for platform and well. you you used it for that yes <laughs> i i don't think it's a horrible movie i think like, oh, what's funny is that I've crapped at it before, but, like, I'll watch it if it's on TV. Like, it's a Batman movie. But yeah. I, I really think that I, I admire Zack Snyder for doing what kind of what he wants to do with it. And that's why I'm really interested to see this Snyder cut. I don't think it's going to be much better than Justice League was, but I think it's going to be more complete and more of, like, what he intended us to see yeah. when that movie came out yeah fi- like finish the story like obviously right. they set a lot of stuff up in, in 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 batman v superman they set up the flash going back in time they set up the nightmare scene they set up uh dark side and it was originally going to be two justice league movies and obviously so i'm excited what they say it's going to be four one hour events so we'll, we'll kind right. of get the full story and 
maybe you don't like it, maybe you do, but Justice League was tough because it was a clear deviation away from where the story was going. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to at least see kind of the finished final product and, and kind of go from there. Yeah. The the pull for the Batman trailer, getting the MTV unplugged version of Something's in the Way, Ooh. just absolutely what a pull. I was like, oh, <laughs> the tone, right? Yeah. That's that's a that's a in the bag that's that's an in the bag trailer uh, guy editor guy move right there is just like yeah and let me pull out this MTV unplugged Nirvana performance. I have to shout out when when Batman's beating the shit out of that goon that um, the hits sounded just like the Arkham Asylum games. Like, oh yeah, like that's I don't know why I just got chills when I heard when I heard those the way that you just you know it smashes the skin and crush the bones like. That's exactly how those games were. Like, I love those games. So I'm just like, okay. Like the Vince McMahon gifts where, like, he slowly gets more and more intrigued. Like, <laughs> all right. If I get that trail, I'm just falling out of the back of my chair. <laughs> oh. Yep. So, um, Chris, before we let you go, um, let, me, let me ask you a college football question. Yeah. Over, under two and a half weeks of college football played this season, if you had to bet. So uh, are we wh- – when are we starting? Are we including this week with Austin Peay Central Arkansas? Are we staying next week with, with a handful of games, or are we saying September 12th when the ACC starts? Uh, hmm. Let's go September 12th with the start of the ACC. So basically are we going to make it through September? Yeah. That is tough. Um, you know, I didn't think we were going to even start. I, I, I wasn't – I didn't think we'd get here. Um, you're seeing a bunch of colleges go online only now. But if they're going to play through it, then maybe they'll play through it. So I'm going to say – every day I have something different. Like every like a day I'm like, oh, I, this might actually happen. I think it's going to happen. Then boom, there's 500 cases at Alabama. And so do we make it through September – I'm going to say no, but I, I, I can go either way. It's tough. It, 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 it's, it's tough. If one player gets real sick out of a game, like it's – you're going to see games canceled. You're going to see teams forfeit. Lincoln Riley said today that he had to have a whole position group sit out because of protocols. It's going to be very funky. As of right now, I'll say no that we can do September, but it's that's farther than I thought. And – Maybe things keep getting better. Okay, Chris, thank you for joining us. This was fun. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for ranking rom coms with us and talking movies. Uh, it was a great time, uh, fellas. That does it for us. Uh, we'll be back next week, guys. Go green. Go white. White. If
Ain't it fun? Ain't it fun? Ain't it fun?